Hey everybody, how you doing? We're here, Alpha Towers. I've got my mate here, Fred Drummond, top lad, head of the Evangelical Alliance in Scotland and overlooker of prayer and other things. But <laughs> Fred is somebody that we just love up here. He's been a real inspiration to me. He's been a real inspiration to loads of people across the nation and somebody who actually just loves Jesus. Yeah. Which I just think is the best thing, Fred. So it's so great to have you here, mate. Thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, how's life? Doing well? Yeah, doing uh, great. There's always um, trying to see uh, Jesus honoured, the kingdom advanced, yeah. um, strongholds being torn down. There's always challenges, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But Jesus is not finished with Scotland yet yeah. and not finished with me yet. So there's always things happening. Mate, yeah. love it. Love it. And, and actually, I think that's one of the things that so many of us love about you, Fred, is that you've just got this like insatiable hunger to see things change <laughs> and see things develop. And uh, I think it's a real encouragement. And like, how, how, does that, um, how does that play into your leadership, do you think? Like, do you think that's a key element of what you do? Or Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Um, Having become a Christian outside of church uh-huh. and um, reading about church before I ever really experienced church, mm-hmm. I had real expectations of what church was going to be like. Yeah. And so uh, first time I went, I was kind of um, overwhelmed by the apathy okay. <laughs> around it, you know. Yeah. Uh, good people and, uh, and stuff, but, but that kind of passion uh, um, just wasn't really there. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, sitting thinking that first day, God, this has to be better than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, has to be better because it's to glorify Jesus. Yeah. Has to be better because there was thousands of people round about this building who needed reach for the gospel. Yeah. And although I didn't know what leadership was, yeah. and um, I didn't know uh, any theology really, yeah. I knew people needed to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I think that shaped pretty much everything I've done. So uh-huh. I've never really um, almost regarded myself as a leader or yeah. wanted... Uh, leadership, but I have high expectation of what Jesus expects of the church, yeah. and that's what keeps me awake at night. Yeah. How how can the church be better? How can we engage with things around justice and mm-hmm. mercy, the gospel, life, and that throughout um, mm. my kind of thirty odd years or thirty years uh, of faith has just taken me into different places Uh Um, and the more I've started to know myself the more I I see things I'm good at and things I'm absolutely terrible at and began to have more sense about keep out the way of things where you're terrible Mm. at them Mm-hmm. And concentrate a bit more on the things you're good at. Yeah. That seems like a good thing to yeah, do in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think it's quite interesting that you were saying you don't really regard yourself as a leader. And actually, I think that's a mark of a great leader, to be fair, is that they don't know that they are. Um, you know, there's Sandy Miller says that he's never been a leader. He just tried to do what Jesus did. Um, you know, um, I can't remember the name. There was this big cardinal guy at the leadership conference a couple of years ago, leads the biggest uh, charity in the world, you know. He said, I'm not really a leader. Just see what Jesus does, you know. So that probably means you're a good leader, Fred. (laughs) Um, And so where did, did, like, your leadership journey begin, so to speak? Like, you know, where, where was your, like, first taste of, like, stepping up the ladder a little bit and doing a little bit more? Well, it's been a fairly long journey, I guess, uh-huh. uh, stumbling into things yeah. uh, that nobody else wanted to do, probably. Um, so, um, probably a year after I became a Christian, um, I left where I, where I left Recife Dockyard, where mm-hmm. I was working, and I became um, a volunteer with the social work department. Okay. And um, cool. there was uh, two guys, uh, early teens, who 
physically should have been able to speak, mm-hmm. but didn't speak because of trauma in their lives. Okay. And uh, so I would hang out with them and uh, play snooker and uh, go swimming and all that sort all of stuff. All the good bits. All yeah, the yeah. good bits. Yeah. Uh, which then kind of led me into um, going to Bible college uh, okay. eventually. And uh, out of that, um, finding quite a lot of people becoming Christians when I was began mm-hmm. to... Um, speak about faith and life yeah. and, and stuff. So I started moving into leading groups and leading small groups and stuff like that. Um, and then I became assistant minister at a, a church called Christon, okay. which is just um, north of Glasgow. Were you at Christon? I was. That's where my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law go. Is that Shout right? out to Pete and Marion. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, when Martin and Anne Allen were at Christon, I was an assistant there. Yeah, And we know Pete. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, we're all we're all family uh, in Scotland. World, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so that that was a big help um, in, in kind of lots of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, then everything else just came out of a passion for the gospel. I would say. Mm-hmm. So um, from Christ, and I went to Perth as a, a new union of okay. uh, two churches. No history of evangelical ministry in either uh, biggest sort of parish area mm-hmm. in Perth at the time, or one of the biggest. Um, and bit by bit, we began to see people come to faith every mm. year. And then um, really felt a conviction that we needed to find ways of engaging the gospel with people who didn't have any backstory. Sure. Um, and that sent me on a journey of writing for uh, Gospel and Culture Network, mm-hmm. looking at the way in which church functions and all that yeah. sort of thing. And so driving into that, out of which we closed the city centre church. Okay. And... Um, we started a, a new charge for the Church of Scotland, mm. a bit like um, White Inch or Old Macker, that kind of sure, uh, yeah. thing, um, in the Mutant area of Perth mm. called Riverside. Mm-hmm. And um, that opened up a whole lot of doors into, you know, people would come and visit it and see, because we, yeah. we ran for a couple of years as a Presbyterian church with no elders. Okay. We didn't have a building. Uh, we did a lot of prayer on the streets. We kind of looked at what it would be like to be church. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, and out of that, just uh, it started to grow, and we were praying, um, God, what is it you want us to do? And we we're kind of, you know, one of these strategy moments. And, yeah. Um, and in the midst of that strategy moment, uh, became clear God was calling me out of it. Okay. Which was absolutely gutting because I love local church. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but um, it was almost to do what I was doing locally, mm. nationally which yeah. was, you know, how do you encourage folks to take some risks? How do you raise a bar in prayer? How do you mm. get people uniting? Because we need one another to see the nation mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's that's the sort of journey of it. Yeah, so, so there's quite a, quite a lot of kind of different aspects of leadership within there. And, yeah. Um, so, like, what was it like? Um, so, obviously, what you were uh, developing, what you were pioneering um, with the Church of Scotland must have been quite revolutionary at the time and it really broke the mould a little bit um, how, did, how did you find kind of balance in traditional Presbyterian views and like you know people in the community and all that it must have been quite a hard place to kind of be in the middle of yeah it, it was um, I, I, I suppose one of the things I've learned uh, I've softened quite a lot over the okay. years or so my wife says because you know, I used to certainly I don't suffer fools gladly, yeah. which is not a Jesus thing. He yeah. does, yeah. <laughs> which is just yeah, as yeah. well. Um, but I, I, would, I would get kind of impatient with mm-hmm. with structures that take so long to yeah. make decisions and stuff, you yeah. know. 
Um, and I got, um, when we closed the, the uh, church down, I, I mean, I got a lot of hate mail and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and uh, all sorts of things with, with people who would cross the road so they didn't have to speak to my wife and kids and myself. And uh, But that, um, that's just part and parcel, I think. If you yeah. want to see change, particularly in Scotland, um, then you're not going to be universally applauded mm. um, by the church, yeah. never mind by anybody else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's always a mixture of how uh-huh. many hoops you have to jump through and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And um, in some ways, I'm really grateful uh, to the Church of Scotland. You know, it's uh, what I was called into. It's where yeah. I was for a long time. And uh, some of the people early on uh, shaped some mm-hmm. of my thinking, particularly around expository teaching, the need for a real sense of, of the word, yeah. and that kind of quiet time, regularly mm. devotional life. Um, but actually, in other ways, I'm, I'm quite happy not to be part of uh-huh. it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and now, I've, I've, all I have to do now is, is to bring different groups of evangelical Christians around the world yeah, yeah. into one room together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which has its own set of eccentricities, <laughs> yeah, uh, as absolutely. I find. Um, and just just that idea of moving into that, Fred. So when I um, when I uh, took over from Paul um, yeah. a, a little while ago now, you were one of the first people I spoke to. I sent you an email. It was like, Fred, you've been doing this for a while. You've been leading the Evangelical Alliance in Scotland for a long time. Um, you know, I, I know it's hard to tell because you look so young. Yeah. Um, but how <laughs> how um, how have you found that? Like, what's been the What's been the real things that... You, so you said you'd softened a bit. So where are the things you've had to kind of, like, flex, shall we say, or soften within that? Because it is a different animal altogether, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different. I would say it took me a couple of years. Um, the um, difference between hanging out and working with the same community of faith all mm-hmm. the time where, you know, you, you're fairly chilled and everybody comes along as part of it because they like it and they, yeah. they know it and, yeah. and the challenges are almost family challenges. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and people would say, well, that's just Fred. I'm going to go off on one, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's how he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas um, coming into um, trying to work out, so looking at how uh, the challenges facing the church in Scotland. Yeah. And the level of influence or or lack of it, maybe that mm-hmm. EA had, but the potential that mm-hmm. it had. Um, where do you start? Yeah. And um, I think trying to uh, clarify for myself, you know, what are my strengths, what am I really passionate about, mm. um, what bits do I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm never going to be great at. Uh, what things do I think I can add something to, mm-hmm. and try to major on some of these. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's been an ongoing uh, journey, a self-discovery yeah. uh, journey. And um, and also just um, amazed by the way Jesus keeps showing up, you know. Yeah. Um, you you sometimes come to think, you think, I don't even know why I'm here. Can't, yeah. can't be bothered with this. You'll know this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and uh, I can't be bothered with this. What is it? Um, and then the Spirit just shows up. Yeah, you know, people come to faith, or or people are restored, yeah. uh, or peace falls upon upon people, uh-huh. and um, and at the end of the day, I think that's why I do it, isn't it? Because something there is something in unity, I think, that um, both reflects on the Trinity mm. and kind of focuses onto heaven. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when the church, even in a small way, begins to get it right. 
mm. and people are loving one another and forgiving and mm-hmm. uh, these kind of things. So we think, wow, you know, it's a little glimpse into the father-son-spirit relationship. Yeah. And it's also, there's a time coming when we are so in love with Jesus that all the divisions that we've got mm-hmm. and tribal badges and all that all drop away because yeah. nobody cares could yeah. see Jesus. And I, I think, you know, if we, when we get that right, yeah. um, then there is a, there's a, a kind of doorway or a kind of new view into mm. something that is a reality, but we're not, we're not getting it so often yeah. here. So I think that, that kind of, um, has probably shaped some of my stuff. And yeah. I think the, um, the privilege, I guess, of speaking on so many different things mm. or engaging EEA, <clears throat> I've, I've had to um, get a much wider knowledge of stuff. Okay. You know, yeah. If you say, what is it you really want to do? I say, I, I want to pray. Yeah. I want to meet with Jesus. Uh, I want to preach, probably. Mm. I want to worship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to hang out with folks and, mm. and uh, see the kingdom advance. That's mm. what I want to do. Um, but uh, do I recognize that um, speaking out for justice or encouraging organizations or people who want to speak up for these things mm-hmm. is important? Well, of course it's important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do I want to get EA behind some of the advocacy stuff around public uh-huh. leadership or about um, some stuff in parliament or stuff? Yeah. Of course, of course I do. And so yeah. I'm having to step into worlds that mm. aren't naturally my world, yeah. really, and engage with that. So yeah. that's always stretching. Yeah, no, I think it is. And and I think, you know, I think John Wimber said it really, really well. It's the already and the not yet, isn't it? You yeah. know, and it's the it's the sometimes we're in the, this place and we can see that this is coming, but to get to there, we sometimes need to, like, move into other things that, you know, um, coming from the Resythe Dockyards, you know, mm. I, I don't think at any point you ever thought you'd be sitting in Parliament pushing forward ideas I'm sure you know yep. much the same as when I was standing freezing on a door getting shouted at I never thought I'd be sitting here chatting to you in a nice room and mm. chatting about the leadership and um, and I love what you said there about the trinity because I think I think there's something that we miss within that is that actually that unity piece is the key yeah. and we and we can talk a lot about unity in church um, and especially in leadership like how do we unify people how do we bring people together but there is just something about the way that that works from a from a kingdom perspective, um, and and I just wonder when when we're looking towards, f- for example, Generation Z, tail end millennials, they're they're trying to break down the barriers of denomination. They they don't see denomination as an issue, yeah. and and I, and I appreciate that we get to sit in a slightly different position and that we get to see over a lot of the church in Scotland and and bridge some of those gaps. But how how do you how do you see that playing out going forward in your role? Like, how how can we lower the walls of division and see unity coming in more? Yeah, I, I think um, there's no easy. There is an easy answer, but practically there's no yeah, easy yeah, answer. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I think the easy answer is the more I'm consumed by Jesus, mm-hmm. um, the less I feel I have to push my own corner. Sure. Um, and if if we're really radically kingdom focused, mm. we want to cheer on uh, whoever and whatever. It's almost that um, Philippians bit with Paul, isn't it? It's yeah. you know some people are preaching the gospel from from vain ambition. Yeah, what's the matter? Yeah, you know there's lots of gospels being preached. Yeah, and uh, and for us to get into that heart, but, you know, what's the matter as, as long as we're praying? Mm. What does it matter as long as we're engaging with yeah. the gospel? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So. Uh, 
theologically, I think most of us get it. Mm. Practically, when we say, well, are you willing to serve brothers and sisters to make this happen? Mm. Um, are, are you able to do this without your brand being the primary mm. one or your church being the driver mm-hmm. or stuff? Are we able to lay things down? Mm-hmm. That, that's when the difficulties come in. And I, I totally, having run a local church, I totally understand that. Yeah. Because you've got a whole congregation say, so what are you doing? And where's our name? Yeah. And what's this happening? Yeah. But um, seeing a bigger picture mm. is a key. I, I was speaking um, to um, a group of, I, th- I think it was 16 to 20-year-olds mm-hmm. that uh, came together for a leadership weekend, uh, which was great. It was, it was yeah. great fun and um, engaging. But one of the things that gives me real um, hope and, and encouragement is, in one sense, um, these kids, I think, are in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. not in love with religion. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah, that's a great start, isn't mm, it? Absolutely. If, if you're in love with Jesus, you're going to... Jesus, I'm open today to whatever you're going to do. You know, just show me where you, what you want me to do, and I'm absolutely. up for it. Yeah. Um, and I think out of that, uh, we begin to develop, so what are our gifts and passions? Mm. And if we've got um, role models and mentors who are getting alongside saying, you know what, I'll carry the can for this. Mm. Uh, just you go do it. let's have some fun you know go after the dream go for Mm. the vision um and i think um our job my job in now uh, as much is to say to folks you know um if we can get behind this if i can support you Mm -hmm. if you want me to come on a platform and and be alongside or write something for you uh i want to do that so that you flourish Mm. and grow because uh, you you carry something, uh-huh. and in in Scotland we've not been great, I don't think, at saying to younger leaders, whatever generation, mm. but the next generation down, yeah. saying to them, absolutely, I see something of Jesus in you, mm. and you've got to go after it. We're, we tend to have said in the past, mm. you know, well, you've got to look like me, you've got to be older, you've yeah. got to understand church before you you know yeah. come up with that random idea. Yeah. Now we live in a world where sixteen year olds speak at United Nations. Absolutely, um, yeah. and and there are sixteen year olds in church in Scotland. I'm yeah. convinced if they had a platform, um, they would have something. They to would say. have something. To say. I know a few of them, and they definitely have stuff to say. So, <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re- it's really it is fascinating though, because the phrase I like to use sometimes is to to make my ceiling the next generation's floor. Right. Do you know? Right. So how do we elevate people up? And I think that's something that. Certainly, I've been uh, I've been really blessed with in my life, not just my Christian life, but people willing to take a chance and um, d- just to take the risk and mm. like kind of run with it. It's very Barnabas and Saul, isn't it? Yeah, you know yeah, that that yeah. kind of idea of like I'll take this guy, I'll train him, I'll spend some time with him. Yeah. And um, how how do you, how has that played out in your life, Fred? Have you had people like who are the people that have allowed you to do that to get you to where you are? Well, there's been different people in my mm. life um, at different spells in my mm. life. But when I uh, first became a Christian, I was still in the dockyard. Mm. Uh, there was a guy uh, who was actually uh, a barber okay. um, who uh, who's a Christian mm. who had known my dad. My dad wasn't interested in mm. church at all, but had, had known my dad who um, started inviting me every Thursday night um, for tea and then like for three hours. Mm. And um, I don't know if you're across this 
Matthew Henry uh, Bible commentary. I have there. some on my shelf. Got, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I think this everyone was, has a set, right? Right. <laughs> so this is the one, you know, <coughs> the Bible in one book yeah. sort of commentary. And uh, and Gordon would have this, and it would sit on the table after tea. Yeah. And we went, like, verse by verse through the wow. Gospels yeah. every Thursday for about 18 months. And... Uh, and prayed, and he would kind yeah. of get in touch with me and see how things were going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's been uh, really, really important. Uh-huh. Other people like uh, like Martin Allen, mm. uh, people like that, who who've taken an interest at different parts of my life. Yeah. Since you know, here's where we think some of your gifts are. You should invest a bit yeah. more in that. And for probably the last ten years, I've really had an accountability group. Mm. Yeah, maybe longer now. Um, who are people that I say, you know, you've got free permission. Mm. Um, ask whatever you want. You mm-hmm. know, ask about my money, my life, mm-hmm. whatever. Because um, one of the one of the problems I think of um, of a national role, and mm. you know this, this yeah. is, and one says you're not accountable to anybody. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you're traveling all around. You're kind of doing the platformy thing, or you're yeah. speaking at the church, and you're back in the car, and you're driving, yeah. and these people don't see you again yeah. for six months. Mm. So there's nobody who can hold you account to say, well, you preached on this, but actually, mm. you know, in your life, yeah. uh, whatever. So having a group of people uh-huh. who actually can at any time just uh, ask these questions. Yeah, yeah, and, and they know that they're praying for you to flourish. They're not praying mm. for EA. Yeah. Um, in one sense, they're not really praying for my ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're praying f- for me, for the family, yeah. for these kind of things. Yeah. So that's important, and that's now, I think, um, there's, I think, four people probably mm. that I meet every month, every couple of months, mm. um, that in an informal way, I guess, I'm mentoring yeah. or I'm a sounding board for, uh-huh. and and that's one of the things that's probably it changed, I guess, that mm. uh, if you're around long enough and you don't get the sack, yeah. Uh, um, you know, people think you must have learned something, something. worth learning. Yeah, yeah. At uh, least how to time. avoid P45s, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how little they know, really. Uh, after five yeah. minutes, they yeah. think, well, it's a waste of a yeah. coffee. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I try and uh, do that. And yeah. it's great because it keeps me grounded uh-huh. as well, you know, because you forget questions. It's why I'm on a church leadership as well. Yeah. Um, so that uh, locally... I'm actually hearing mm. what are what are the issues of a congregation yeah. today, kind of you know, yeah. uh, rooted down rather than just floating in for a weekend and yeah. No, and and, and I think that is the trouble with with a role like the roles that we have is that you know you're in church what maybe one in four, one in five. Sometimes you know it's a while before you're at home. You're yeah. you're in church, and um, that was something that you actually told me I should think about getting some people around. And I had a few people, but we've kind of made that more of a formal thing and it's so beneficial Um, and I actually I also appreciate our time together and and, you know us being able to bounce ideas around and and doing all that kind of thing and and I think you're right it's about those things are the things that shape us and they also show us how we can do it going forward don't they you know um, and I, I just I just wonder if there was if there was a piece of advice that you could give Dockyard Fred. I know we keep going back to the Dockyard Fred. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's an iconic yeah. image. I've just got you with a rivet gun and a hammer, and you know, what what would that piece of advice be? Do you think, knowing where your where your journey is going, you know, what would be your do this? Stay close to Jesus, um, because ultimately, 
you know, uh, looking back on all the years of leadership, you know, when you get to heaven, uh, there's no director of any organization. Uh, there's there's no head of a big church. Yeah. There, there's just worshippers and Jesus. Mm. So better to be as close a worshipper as you can be now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's not a shock to you yeah. when you get to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, staying close to Jesus uh-huh. and, and having the faith to believe that the, the more... Um, the closer your encounter, mm-hmm. um, the greater your impact. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's almost a byproduct. You don't encounter Jesus so that you've got impact in the world. Yeah. Um, but the closer you are to Jesus, the more Jesus impacts through you into the world. Mm. Um, and the temptation for the Fred over the 30 years is to get caught up in so many projects, ideas, uh, mm. plans. Yeah. Um, when actually the ultimate goal is to spend more and more time with Jesus. Mm. Um, and and out of that, then, where you go, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, there is something of Jesus being carried. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, and one final question. Yeah. How does leadership affect your beloved NFL team? Yeah, well, there's a lot of prayer going in at the moment, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the Falcons have like, won one game in the first five. Sure. And um, God really has, has um, said, well, you think you're a person of faith. I'm going to show you what faith is. <laughs> you, you're going to be a Scotland football supporter, an Edinburgh rugby supporter, a Dunfermline football supporter, and an Atlanta Falcons NFL supporter. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely some thorns in the flesh happening oh, there. Uh, yeah. Believe me, every, every week... There's real faith issues. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Fred, love it. Thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep praying for you. And we really appreciate all that you do around Scotland. So um, on behalf of the nation, thank you, my friend. Um, and from all of us here, it's just been great having you. Oh, it's great. And uh, I love Alpha. love what you do, Des, uh, and the team. And um, I look forward to next uh, year and invite 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, God is going to do something in the nation, Mm. and it'll be great to journey with you in that. Mate, love it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Fred. See you later. Great, thanks.